Hey guys, a little bit of an intro here. Um, this episode is from another podcast that I do here in Key West called the Songwriters Podcast, where I interview local musicians and songwriters. I think that you're going to get a kick out of this one because it is a Key West local favorite, someone down here that everybody listens to and loves, and it's a good time to listen to his stuff because he is about to take off. Hope you enjoy. You go to a party with your wife, and she goes over here and talks to some of her friends, and now you're in a circle of guys you don't know. Mm. And all of those guys are like, so what do you do? What do you tell them that you do? Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast with your host, Mark Barato. Okay, so this is the Songwriters Podcast. My name is Mark Barato, and I am here with the local famous and soon to be global famous, <laughs> Nick Norman. Nick, welcome to the show. It's just a mic check you just did, right? No, no, that's it. That's going in. That is going in. We are. Right we're full, full blown. We're knee deep into this. <laughs> we're thing, in right? it. We're in it. So my first question is this: We're gonna we're gonna dive right in. You have no time to think here. Come the on. First question is this, and I'll paint the picture. Okay. So you go to a party with your wife, and she goes over here and talks to some of her friends, and now you're in a circle of guys you don't know, mm. and all of those guys are like, "So what do you do? Oof. What do you tell them that you do?" Which is probably the worst question to be asked because i hate it too yeah not even a musician what do you what do you say well and it's developed over the years it used to be i'm a songwriter and then i realized people just kind of gave me a look of "Mm." right (laughs) like a a poet right oh you know that followed by their next question well how's that working out right right you know um first of all in that group i'm a nervous wreck and i'm hoping they strike up conversations so we can talk. You yeah, know? me too. So. I hate that. Kind of, I hate, <laughs> I like being the center of attention when I'm the one asking for it. Right. But being backed in that corner, I feel like a sheep, like ready yep. to attack the lions. Like, like it's forced, like you're standing at the prom. Yeah. You know? So you would say songwriter, but now you'd say musician as well. No, I, I would, it, it's kind of come full circle. I, I would say I would still, I would say songwriter, you know, I, I'm far from a musician after watching, you know, over, the, over my years of doing this, seeing some real players, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, I, my, I try to become a, a better guitar player, a better musician every day and practice, but at the core of it, what I really, really love to do is uh, sit and write lyrics and write stories and then try to put music to it and, or vice versa sometimes, but Mainly writing the song, whether it's music or words, all of it. So if you had the choice to do nothing but write, but you can never play, mm. that's why... See, the reason I say musician and songwriter is because I'm not a songwriter, nor am I a musician. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm, I'm toe high. Right. You may think you're waist high and everybody else is hat high, but like I'm at the toe. Like, <laughs> a lot of people listening are right at that toe level. So... I, I, how about songwriter performer? Okay, I like that. Does that work? I like yeah. that. Yeah, because I, I I do love to perform. I think that's the other other half of it that I couldn't live without. Yeah, you know, I so. think so too. And the reason I can say that is the first time I ever heard you play was this past weekend at Lee Bryce. 
Mm-hmm. And I never saw a musician up there with a smile on their face as big as yours. Like you were like a kid in a candy store. You were like, this is your your first time up there, which I know it's not. And it's right. like you were just smiling and loving every second of it until he asked you to come back out later <laughs> and then do a duet with him or sing. And he was doing backup for you. I forgot that I was supposed to come back out. So I like put my flip flops on and yeah. my t-shirt. <laughs> But the funniest part is, I don't know if you heard or people probably told you, is like the second you left, he's like, wow, I never saw someone leave the stage yeah. as quick as I did. Because you like sang that song, we're like, out of here. Well, <laughs> that was the first, that day in the studio, we were we finished recording, Lee's producing a record on me, and we were in the studio here yeah. that day, finishing that song. It wasn't even done. Wow. So we got to practice it once in rehearsal, or once in a sound check. So in a me being that nervous guy in the group trying to strike up conversation. Yeah. At the end of the song, I just kind of blanked on how long the outro was. My part was done. So right. <laughs> so Lee, Lee told me afterwards, he goes, lesson one, man, don't don't just leave the stage. <laughs> the song. It was so funny because he's like singing the outro and you're like out of here. And he's like, where the hell is this guy going? But he's like uh, a supernatural performer himself. Great, that, And let me tell you, I've heard his music before. I've never seen him live. And there was a couple times, like the time that I do interview him in the future, there's a couple times I'm going to be like, okay, so when are you doing a duet with Metallica? Because yeah. he's got like, you he know, but you know he wants to. Like he's got that like I'm gonna I'm gonna scream till my ears bleed mm-hmm. kind of kind of mentality, which is cool to see that in an artist. And I think nowadays it's a good play as a musician because in the '80s and '90s, if you wanted to put out an album, you had a couple of white gatekeepers w- who were determining whether or not you would even be signed. Or mm-hmm. even then, there's the radio stations, and those people determine whether you'd even be played. Mm-hmm. And now you can be like, "Well, screw you! I'm going to put out a song a day. I'm going to put it on SoundCloud. I'm going to put right. it on Spotify. And if you've got the chops, meaning you're good enough." then guess what? People are going to listen. And especially if you are creating some kind of success and you're like, Hey, let's do crossover. Mm-hmm. Let's go to, let me, cause with, cause I'm a marketer. That's what I do for a living. And to be able to market yourself and your brand in Korea, for mm-hmm. example, and get huge fandom out there because the price to market is so underpriced in small niche markets mm-hmm. that then you have a huge fan there, fandom there. And then you go there and you find the leading K-pop celebrity who sings these wild songs that are not even in your wheelhouse, but you go in there and say, sing the chorus for something like that. That now you have now grabbed what's called the underpriced attention. Mm-hmm. You're grabbed the attention of a whole country who now quote unquote worship you because no one is, is like you over there. Right. And it's cool that you guys have the ability to now do that, to network on your own, to create those kind of things. Um, and it's so funny because the, the skills that a lot of artists have are skills that most business people, I'd say 99% don't have. Mm-hmm. 99% of artists do have it. of business people don't. And that's the skill of accepting the word no. Mm. Because if you are going to have a love for music and writing and playing and you don't like no, you're gone in one week. Mm. 
because you have to then go to a, a bar if you're starting out or, or a venue that you can play your, your music at, whether it's covers to start or whether it's your own music. Hey, do you need a musician? No. Okay, well, I'm out <laughs> and that's it, right? So, and, and then, and then, like, I interviewed Cliff Cody and that guy is like 20 years of no, 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 stopping, mm-hmm. becoming a registered nurse to then his wife's like, you see that dusty guitar? Pick that back up. And then now being in his mid forties and now starting to take off. So, I mean, it could be an eternity of, of no. Absolutely. So how do you deal with that? Like, tell me your, your first, well, let's, let's go to origin story. What kind of kid were you, your parents, musicians? We, did you get pulled into the guitar? Was it a cute girl in your middle school? And you're like, I want to, I want to woo her. Um, my, uh, my dad played some guitar, uh, but it mainly came, uh, music got really interesting to me. I grew up in the church, um, and with the youth group playing music and stuff like that. And then, uh, summer camp, I would lead the music at the camps and mm. stuff and with Lee as well, actually, wow. we, we, when we were, we started that when we were like 14, something like that. Wow. Um, so that was where it really, when I, in, and you know, it became a thing that I wanted to do when I saw, and that I guess what goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the importance of a live performance, because I got to see what music, what it can, what it does to people, yeah. you know, and, and that's the... Especially in that's, the church. Well, in the church, but more than the church, I mean, any anything, yeah. you know, I mean, people love music and it's not, it's, a, it's its own spiritual thing to yeah. me, you know? Yeah, for sure. So... And, but before you... So you were playing with the church, but had you even like I'm, I never played with the church because right. I never thought even of picking up a guitar or singing or or anything like that. Just friends uh, playing guitar, you know. Um, my one of my really close friends, his his dad was the music uh, music leader at our church, and um, his his name was Wade the son anyway my buddy and Wade was a great guitar player and would lead the music and I just was kind of drawn to he was older than me yeah. and I was like man that's that's, that's cool. something I would yeah. like to and my dad would play guitar at home mm. when I was a kid but you know that's that's when it became all right this is kind of cool and yeah. I never I I didn't know I was going to do this at least try to do this full time until you know 15 16 years ago <laughs> I didn't I didn't think this was going to be So like when you were in high school you were just playing for fun or singing songs like from yeah. the radio with your buddies Yep absolutely yeah. um had another buddy in high school that played guitar and we would get together at you know um at his house and jam a little bit um but just friends playing instruments playing yeah. guitars yeah. you know it was the community of that not just with the church high school it was right. more my buddies that were they were on the baseball team where they were, you know, it was kind of a little bit yeah. of everything. It's almost like you and your buddies uh, playing like Sunday football with each other. You're not like, we're going to the NFL. You're just playing football, having fun. Yep. So Absolutely. it was really about that. Yep. And then when 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 did you realize you had a good voice? Um, I still haven't realized it most of the time. <laughs> most don't. Most don't. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Well, you, for me, it's like I, I hear have to hear myself sing so much that it's 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 not – 
and this has really kind of happened over the years of developing what my voice is. And to me, it, it's just my voice. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? It's, of course. But I, you're working it, though, like a muscle. You absolutely. know, how you were 15 years ago, your voice. I mm-hmm. mean, people have to realize if you're born with no natural talent, okay, you can still make it a little bit better. But if you're born with a natural talent and your voice is good, you have to exercise that. Absolutely. Unless you're like Sting, then you're just like, forget it. But Well, I'm sure he exercises it too. I'm sure he does you know, every day. I'm kidding. Abs- every you know, day it, for 40 years. Because it, it was <laughs> one of those things that music is, or songwriting or singing, whatever you want to call it, you were talking about singing now, and it, I really do believe that it's it's another instrument yeah. that you can develop and yeah. you can... You know what I mean? Yeah, and for it's, sure. It's something that I still that I could go back and play some stuff that I my, like my first records and stuff when I was in freshman in college. You, you'd be like, well, "Is that you?" But for me, it was over the years and years of years, twenty years now of sixteen years only doing this, and then twenty years of doing it that I just, I mean. We play down here, we play five, six, seven days a week sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, and you, you're working that muscle and you're learning, you're listening to yourself every day. And if, if you have the guts to do it and you're listening close, you can tell when you're not yeah. sounding good and of you course. work to try to make that better. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, it's another profession too, where you're sharpening the sword. Absolutely while you're making a living absolutely. where a lot of time with business, it's like in a boardroom or within four walls. And then when a product is done or an app is built, mm-hmm. then you go to market. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you're going to market from day one. Yep. So you're able to understand and even pivot the way that you sing, the type of music that you sing, what your preferences are. But let's, let's go back to when did you start writing music? I started um, writing kind of poetry and stuff hmm. like as far back as you know, I could write, I think, you know, trying to rhyme words and stuff like that. It's really awesome watching my my daughter right now, or talking to her because she tries to rhyme a lot, and she's yeah, four, and it's right. like, this is awesome. Yeah. But, um, and then, you know, listening to my dad play some guitar, uh, so I knew, I knew I wanted to write words to music, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I probably wrote my first song. I was what I would consider a song when I was 15 or 14, yeah. something like that, you know? Huh. Okay, so then you're in college, mm-hmm. and you're, like, not pursuing music, right? <laughs> or you're just maybe playing for fun, mm-hmm. and are you writing during this time? Because it's yeah. a growing years, you know? I mean, I was even writing during that time, yeah. like poetry and stuff, because you're just going through Absolutely. becoming a man. Yes, I... I I wrote all through that in college. I did two years of college at four different colleges. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. That's right? even better. So I got to meet a lot of people. Right. And I got a lot of stories. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was always writing. I was always part of some kind of music community that was around me. I was always trying to, and go, go, going back to what you originally said, we were talking about the meeting new people my yeah. wife's on this side that's kind of how it works with people who play music yeah. i would i would think the same thing with people yeah. who work with marketing you yeah. kind of gravitate of you course talk about and you want to have that camaraderie yep. when they're strangers mm. it's like dna you're like 
oh, those big cavemen. I go near them because right. you want to survive, right? Yeah. And so That's if you're like, oh, they're the musicians, mm-hmm. let me go hang out with them. I'm going to try to get over here. But it, there really should be crossover more of the business people hanging out with the musicians. Now, I'm not trying to bust the musician cool groove of being <laughs> a, amongst the creatives, but seriously, from a business perspective or even a life perspective, you'd learn a lot by hanging out there because the people that you hang out with is how you grow and be creative. Mm-hmm. And if you have no creativity in your life through your peers, but you're hanging out with musicians all the time, you're going to get more creative because mm-hmm. of that. Absolutely. That, that's like a place like Nashville. I mean, yeah. it's, it's surrounded. I mean, I've, I've lived there three times now. Yeah. And the you're surrounded by and now i have you know my buddies a bunch of my buddies live there and you go up every time i go up i've been up three times in the past five months i think and i go up again next month and it's just like you feel uh creative people like everywhere around you is people want to sit down and play guitar here it gets a little difficult because we're doing it for work all the time yeah you know so it gets a little difficult to find a a group of folks that like, hey man, let's let's sit down, let's write a song, and yeah, that's what Joel said too. That he's like, I'll play seven days in a row, and it's mm-hmm. like, when do I have time to write? Yep, I don't. I have time to play and then sleep and then play again, and it's it's, it's work. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's 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 work, and it's it's bittersweet because there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of good that can come come of it from you know getting better performances and all that, but there's that bitterness of losing time to write yeah. and really focusing on because i like i was up at six o'clock this morning i started working on this tune that me and d-ray the guy in the guitar uh-huh, store yeah. are writing it his beard is on point it's though, great isn't oh it? my god it's a 10 that beard and i started working on the lyrics for that at seven thirty in the morning and i worked on them till i got here yeah. you know and i'll go back and go at it again but yeah. it's like to me that's the that's what i loved yeah do, man. if i could spend eight hours of my day and that was my work and mm. I could actually get paid for that. would be great. Yeah. But I'm still going to do it regardless. All right. Of <laughs> yeah. course. Of course. That's how you know, like that's the secret sauce for any uh, business person, person that wants success in their life. Mm-hmm. It's the journey that if you become addicted to the journey, then that's when the success comes. I interviewed this artist that's down here. He's a painter. And the first time he took a class and it was all on portraits, like a person sits in the room and everybody around it. And he's like, it was like three hours of painting this woman. And then I looked down and when it was all over and I'm like, this is the worst painting I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. But he was so high from the process Mm -hmm. that he wanted more of that. Mm -hmm. Even if there was a big dump truck in his backyard where they all went, he didn't care. He wanted that process. And I was like, well, that's the reason you've been doing it for 30 years. Mm. Because if your end goal is the album, the tour, the money, you're in big trouble. Because guess what? That may never come. Absolutely. But the process of writing and playing and writing for other artists and all that, that's there forever. And the beauty of what you guys do is sometimes you're just one song away. Mm. You know, there you can have one song that you wrote away that puts you on the map or gets you that success where you're doing what you love full time. Mm. Whereas the failure rate in other professions are massive. That's why the barrier of entry to be a musician or a writer is so high because everybody wants to do it because it's cool with the air quotes, but then they realize that you have to eat shit for maybe or possibly your whole life. So if you really love doing it, then it's easy to do, which is why the full circle of the conversation is when I saw you on stage, you're like ear to ear grin. (laughs) 
And it wasn't because you were up there singing with your buddies, which I'm probably sure that's what it yeah, was too. Man. You're in Key West and the weather was great and the people are cool out there. But I could just tell you love what you do. I, I really do, man. And, it, you know, like that day was kind of a dream come true because it's, I've wanted to, Lee and I have done a couple shows. I mean, I've got up on stage with him anyway this past summer a few times. And in the past, I've traveled with his band and mm-hmm. I've wanted to do a big show. He used to come down here too when, um, uh, he, I literally, my first day I moved down here, I met him at the Green Parrot. Yeah. Him and I to play for a songwriters thing. Yeah. Um, and it was just a dream to kind of once his his career is really taken off, man, and to do a show that Amphitheater came along. I was like, man, that'd be great. Yeah. Originally, it was here. I was thinking right. maybe we could do something, but the Amphitheater came up, and it was the, him there. It was having Carl with me and mm-hmm. Joel and yeah. my friends, knowing that man, I had a bunch of locals were out there to hang and, yeah. and and see it, you know. And it was just a comfortable. It was just a real comfortable experience, and yeah. that's that's where the smile came from. Is I was, I was a nervous wreck before, but once I we started into it, I was. It was like me sitting at smoking tuna and playing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Of it course. Was, yeah. Well, I think that's that's a. I hear that a lot from different people, and I've heard that from some actors that I've talked to as well, where they'll say, "I am a nervous wreck every time before I get on that mm-hmm. stage and have to perform." And I always do well. The three or four times I wasn't nervous, I bombed. So like <laughs> That's true. not trying to get rid of something that is like, okay, here's my routine. I wake up, I do this, this, this. So like that nervous energy is probably right. just part of the new routine of doing it. There, there you go. Really. And it's like what, what might, I might be calling nervous. It's just my process. <laughs> it's your prep work. <laughs> yeah, like your right. brain and body is like, okay, yeah. it's go time. Yeah. Right. Cause there's a, there's. Language is a funny thing. There's a there's a tiny difference between nervous and excited. Mm-hmm. But either one, like if your daughter was like, I'm nervous, you'd comfort her. If she's like, I'm excited, you'd be like, it's go time, yeah. right? But they have the same physicality in the Absolutely. body. So getting ready before a show, besides that, do you have a process do you do? Or are you just like, I've already prepared enough, it's go time? Um. For a sh- show like for my normal shows, I mean for a like sh- a larger one. Where yeah, for a, for a show like that, I mean, it's still about the same process of what I do for a show playing at anywhere else. Yeah. You know, as far as like I try to at least now I've grown into this that yeah. I try to get a at least an hour and a half or so at home of playing some guitar, just kind of warming up. Right. And, seeing where my voice is because most of the time when i go out and play same thing with that big show as anywhere else i don't get to sit there and have this big time of sound check and it's like go go. yeah and so i like to at least know going into well before any whatever the show is where my voice is where i need Mm. to be on the guitar you know what i mean where because i could be clogged up a little one day nasally or Sometimes I can't hit the big note and I want to be, just want to mentally know where I'm at. That's really the big thing. I I try to go for like a run, you Mm. know, a couple miles, uh, spend some time with my wife, see my daughter for like, for a second. That was, that was the stressful thing about that day before that show, because we were recording in the studio. We recorded in the studio the night before till 1 a.m., met them back there at, 10 the next morning and we went until sound check of the show right so i didn't have 
any time to any family time. No, I saw my my daughter. My wife was working the show, so I saw her periodically. But I saw my daughter for about fifteen minutes that yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's how I, I. If I ever end up out on the road, I mean, it's even worse than that. Yeah. So it's the thing of dialing it all in and mentally being prepared for what's to come. Yeah, you know, whether that's going for a run or whatever it is. Yeah. So they this um there was a a, a great interview with Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's like they would consider one of the best boxers of all time now. And they were interviewing him and it comes to be like one half hour before he's going to go out there and fight. And he's like on the couch lounged out and and they're like, Hey, are you going to, do you need any, like what's going on? You like ready for a nap. And he's like, if the 30 something years of preparation haven't gotten me ready for this, then five minutes before is not going to either. He did. He's done that foundational work beforehand that it's like, you're ready. You're ready. Mm -hmm. Just like I know people that public speak. It's the same thing. You've been public speaking for 20 years. You know how to work the crowd. You dial it in from being like, oh my God, I'm seeing stars in my eyes and going to pass out to now I can see the crowd. I can talk to that person and mm-hmm. feel the vibe off of that. Yep. So I'm I'm assuming it's the same thing that Absolutely. you've done all the work in singing in the tuna or singing at the parrot or singing in all these places that it's like going out there and just knowing, okay, maybe these notes I dial back because my voice isn't there for right now. Right. Instead of cracking out there, I'm mm-hmm. just going to work around it. Yep. That's what I mean. Figuring out where it's at, yeah. where, where you're at for the day. But that's, that's about my whole routine is, you know, what about for writing? Do you have a routine for that? Um, kind of two different processes. Sometimes like a, a melody will come to me or a lyrical phrase, mm-hmm. or sometimes I'll be playing guitar or piano and something will, you know, stick out and I want to build off of it. So it can kind of be music or lyrics that get it going. Um, and then, you know, I just try to, I, I used to try to sit in a room and try to force myself to write a song. Yeah. And, and I, I do still do that when I feel I have something to build. I, I now I've kind of crafted it. I mean, I have a, probably a, a million songs that have four words. Or, right. You know what right. I mean? The beginning stage. Right. Or something. And it might be a good four words, but, yeah. um, I've, I've learned to kind of, instead of sitting there and forcing myself for four hours to work on this song, if I, I, I do make myself sit down and get, get the day going and kind of see if something's happening. Mm-hmm. If something's not happening, I don't force it. Right. But if, if I get a, if I get something moving, then I'll, man, I've been known to hold up in the house for four days to yeah. finish it. You know, right. So once, it, once it starts like boiling over, mm-hmm. you, you don't stop it. You just let it go. I'm sorry yeah. that I stopped it for this interview because no, you no, sound no. like you had something going. Well, that that's, that's where the maturity of songwriting comes in. Yeah. You have to go, okay, well I got a same thing with preparation for playing or whatever. It's, I have to, I have to get physical activity or run or whatever it is for me to mentally be. Yeah ready to roll yeah and so all those little things songwriting becomes like anything else it like for me it's like i designate these hours but i also have to yeah (laughs) of course well you know you know what your biggest teacher is too having that kid because guess what there is no go back in the womb there's there she is and she's here i have 11 year old so i know i know how that goes absolutely they they interrupt because it's not an interruption for them it's daddy (laughs) right that's how it is you're interrupting their time (laughs) yeah that's right by doing this dumb work thing you need to be playing with me 
So um, let me ask you this. Before now, do you have a first time that you remembered like a big failure in the industry for yourself personally where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this? I have a ton of them. I mean, and they still happen. Yeah. You know, um, that's that's one scary thing about this whatever it is I'm trying to do is there's, there is no guarantees, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, and it's, it, it's scary because it's something that I love so much and it's, that's why it's really painful when, when you do hear a no, like, you know, or you do, or someone doesn't, might not like your music or you get a bad review, but that's why it can be so hurtful is because it's not something that I'm trying to do for you. It's something I'm trying to do for me as well. Right. And it's something I love, and I spend a lot of time doing it. But uh. <laughs> well, my my, I've heard that same answer before in in a lot of different people that I've talked to, mm-hmm. and I always say the same kind of thing, and that's this: Do you like chicken feet <laughs> to eat? I don't think so. Right. Well, there's a whole country in China, which is <laughs> the majority of the world that yeah. love them. Absolutely. So just because you or someone else doesn't love something, it should be that way. It just should. You also have to have a beautiful balance. And this is the hard thing. Like I'm not preaching like I have this because I work on this too, is to be able to not hear the no, but not hear the accolade. Mm. Like you have to go, wow, that's great. Thank you. But the minute you get high on your own supply, that means you love that so much, the praise that you're also going to be hurt by the you suck or no, mm-hmm. or, you know, Johnny two pants on, on Instagram says it like, I don't, you stink. And you're right. like, wow, this guy must have, but you have to have empathy for someone like that because how much hate do they have in their body that they have to now vocally go out? Like, I don't go and look right. at people's stuff and say negative things. Right. Like, I don't have the time for that. Well, it, it, there is also sometimes, you know, you can find little diamonds in, yeah. in what they say. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yes. okay, well, he's, this guy might be a jerk, but he's right about this thing. Yeah. I'll make this, I'll get better yes. at this. Yes. That's, that's what my whole career has been based yes. on. You know? it's it's like, so you hit it spot on because the customer that your fans and the people mm-hmm. that listen are the ones that are going to give you the best advice. Mm-hmm. Now you have to be, have that shield or that strength inside to be like cool i'm taking it to what it's worth right or weed out the ones yeah that, you know that yeah you, i mean when some someone spoos hate like hates hate that's what it is <laughs> right. you don't need to listen to that yeah. but if they're like listen you know i was here at this show and i heard this and you were off with this or this you can be like oh okay that's interesting yeah. right interesting is is the key that's phrase. an awkward conversation when somebody brings stuff like that oh i mean i can imagine if you don't even know them <laughs> oh, and they like so... shake your hand and you're like oh my god i loved it but you know at the end of oh. your set and you're just like yeah that can happen it's happened to me after like a show that mm-hmm. you i felt like i nailed and someone will you know and it's like Oh man! And just, they'll do what? They'll they'll, they'll write something. They'll, they'll say something. You know, like you know, I'm just not really well. Not your best show, and you're right? Like, where right. I've seen on, where I put out a, my a record a couple years ago that me and me and D Ray actually just did in the studio down mm-hmm. here. So it was real, just us, real yeah. organic, real. But they posted, you know, uh, I like Nick's music better when it was sad or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, 
okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do with that. Yeah. But it's, you know. And nothing. Then, there's nothing right, you can do with that. Right, there's nothing at all because I'm not going to take myself mentally to it. I write a song based on what I'm feeling at the time. It, yeah. might, it might be a feeling that I had 10 years ago and yeah. I'm writing about it in that moment. Yeah. But other than that, it's like I can't really... Well, think of it like this. I had the same conversation with that artist that I mentioned before, and he paints portraits, but all different types. Mm -hmm. There's a Chinese person here, there's a black person there, there's a brown one there, there's a purple one, all different people he'll paint. And I'll say, what happens if you had like a big run where the last 10 paintings of a black person sold the most? Mm -hmm. Are you going to go, well, it looks like that's all I'm painting. Or are you going to keep painting a variety of things because you just don't know? You right. can't go on the success of what's happening right now or then you they're in control of it. The buyers are in control of it. If you make things that are different and they flop, it doesn't matter because you're still being creative in the things that you do. And right. we're now in a time where you're not making money on record sales. I, I'm not in that business and I just know that's the case because people go to Spotify and all these other things. Most people don't even have CD players right. to listen. So you, you're creating money on, on other ways. But the benefit that the fact that you're not making that much money on record sales is that is your marketing tool. That's your tool to go out there and your ability to let people have and touch your music and, and listen to that and putting out new music all the time as a reminder. Think of it like social media. You're putting out lots of quality content and mm -hmm. that's how they're learning who you are. You're putting out quality music and that's how they're learning how, who you are. And it's the same thing when I talk about getting pigeonholed into doing the same thing over and over again because you're getting praise for it mm -hmm. or accolades or people are buying it is you get stuck into that, right? If, Hey, my special at this restaurant is the chicken parm. Let's just put that on the menu all the time. Cause everybody buys it. Well, maybe you don't want to be an Italian restaurant. You need to have that variety. Mm -hmm. So that would always be my advice is just go out there and make the music you like, because you don't know that you collaborate with these 10 different artists that are different than what you do. And they all bomb, and then the 11th is the home run. Mm. I mean, as a musician and a songwriter, you're used to bombing, yeah. right? You're used to it because yes. of the nose. Yes. Bombing is like, right, that's what next time you're with that circle of people, and they're like, what do you do? You're like, bomb. I bomb. I, I'm a I bomber. <laughs> really? Like in the military? No, I just get on stage and I bomb all <laughs> I think, uh, I'll say this, man. I think any... The art, the word artist in the truest meaning to me, I think can't stop with yeah. just making something that someone wants. You know what I mean? Right, like I can't, I always, I mean, not just songs is, you know, playing or I always want to get better yeah. or I always want to impress myself. Yeah. You know, like I think as an artist, that's like, should kind of be a goal. It's, yeah. You know, to not, and you go through your ups and downs, but it's like, I, yeah, I just think as far as an artist goes, it's, and I, that's one thing that I'm very reluctant. To, even calling yourself an artist sounds weird to me. But you have <laughs> you know, to you have to see what you said. You need to do those things in, for yourself mm. to help fortify what you just said. See, if you feel that you're not a musician or you're not an artist or you're not these things, not because I'm asking it or saying it, but like you in the mirror and no one's around and you're like, yeah, I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. 
if you can't do that personally, then how are you going to not want to hear from everybody else saying you are? Because then you're, listen, I get it. If I was a musician and I was singing and I'm like, wow, this is awesome. How do I know it's awesome? I play it and people go, that's awesome. Like, cool. I'm right. Cause a lot of other people think that, I mean, that's the, that's why you do it. And you see how it changes people. And then you get on stage and you're like, oh my God, the whole crowd is, the energy is changing and all those other things. But it's so, I see it from so many people in all walks of life that like, you don't have to do it in front of anybody, but the like looking in the mirror and really believing it for yourself makes the accolades easier to take and then the the crap easier to deal with. Right. So that's my tip of advice out right there. On. For, right on, yeah. For everybody out there. And me too. I'm talking I'm gonna listen to this over and over again and be like, oh, yeah, I know, I need to hear that too, because we deal with that. We all go through our dark times. We all go through those times where we're like, wow, I suck, I stink. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm especially when you have a family and you're like, I'm a bad dad, I'm a bad husband, all these different things out there that you gotta constantly struggle with. Right. Absolutely, man. It's you know, it's it's especially with stepping on stage and stuff it's this thing and that's why you were were talking about earlier about stepping on stage and it just it goes you're ready it's the thing of that's when your confidence really has to come through you know it's like anything else and i'm happy i'm just very happy that when i do get on stage i mean i mess up all the time but as far as my confidence and what you know i believe i can do yeah it's it's strong in that moment and yeah. I, you know and that's from preparation and from wanting to try harder i guess yeah, you know? yeah. well you so. know what's funny is that especially here in the states we're super forgiving people now if you're a liar we're not at all like us people they'll crush it dead and they will there's no going back but you can do something pretty horrific not like killing and that kind of horrific but pretty horrific in your own right, Mm -hmm. and then just say, I messed up, I'm sorry. And people really, really forgive because of that. Mm -hmm. So even if you were on stage and even if there was a mess up, it's like how you handle it in that moment. If you're like, whoops, I shouldn't have got two hours of sleep last night and then keep playing, that makes you more personable. Mm -hmm. you know. And that's like what I tell people in marketing and business. It's like there is a reason why whether you like it or not, reality TV does so well. The reason why when you're driving on the highway and you're like, why is there all this traffic and there's no accident in your lane, but there's an accident in the other lane that we rubberneck because we want to see what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So just like when I do podcasts like this, I was doing one at this ice cream place and the family were like, we're going to close the door because I want to be quiet. I'm like, look, there's 30 people outside. You need to let them in. Tropical Vibes is the name. I'm like, you're going to let them in. So they come in and the mother goes in the back and then the father's like, it's going to get loud in here because they like chop this ice up and it's like this. And I'm like, okay, explain what's going on. Right. Right. Cool. Because that's how you deal with something like that. Yeah. As long as the people on the other end listening are like, wow, okay, I get it. He messed up. He didn't sleep. He was playing with his daughter all day. He went for a big run and pulled his calf. Right, I mean, right. th- those are the things that yeah. like people make you more personable. Absolutely. And yeah. I love that. I personally <laughs> love that because it's real. Like even, even with Lee, when he was out there, and it wasn't his fault, but there was a couple of times where like he was singing and I don't know what it's called, but it was a big reverb happened. Mm-hmm. And he like looked up at the speaker and was like, you know, shrugged his shoulders yeah. and smiled and kept going because it's like. It, it happened to me right when we, we walked out to start that show, my guitar fed back in the, uh, in the monitor. 
but it's it was amazing. It was in the pitch of the song we were about to do, so we just it was great. Yeah, <laughs> so right. you couldn't really tell that it was a mistake. <laughs> right? They're like, "Yeah, this guy crushed it." Wow, right? he made feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to do that for years. <laughs> so, um, what keeps you passionate about doing this? I know when you were in college compared to when you were done and then when you're dating your wife and then when you're married and then having a kid, those are all big cycles of life. Mm. But what keeps you passionate now? And the, the songs, yeah, the you writing. know, the so- songs, like wanting to make more songs, like mm. wanting to create more material to, uh, to tell a story or just to feel good to, or f- feel pain through and then deliver those to folks yeah. that that are dealing with the same things that I am happy or sad whatever the thing is that's the that's that's what it's all about for me writing the song and then being able writing a song that I can perform and that means something not just I mean not just to the listener but to me yeah you know, and you know, real what just came to me which I I could think from from the listener standpoint is I could I can imagine as as a songwriter that say you're feeling something anything you have an emotion, and then you put that into a song, and that helped you get that out, even if it's happy. Oh, I got that out. I'm even happier. It was something that needed to be released. And if it's done right, in your eyes, the person on the other end that hearing that has that same release. Absolutely. And that's what I, and when I hear songs that touch me, that's how I feel. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if the musician who wrote this was going through this same feeling, and that's how they released it. There's a good chance someone was. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's so you're writing a lot of music that is experiences of you or just stories. Um, I, I mainly write experiences. I think right. for the most part, um, like that porch guy. You saw that porch. Oh, guy? that's that's my n- old neighbor. I could I see it all the yeah. time. I told my wife he was during at the that, show. Really? Yeah. I told my wife, I'm like, I think he's talking about me because I'm on that porch every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that's a man. I'm glad. It's funny you bring that song up. Yeah, that's a, that's about um, my neighbor lived over on Stump Lane, and um, name's Paul. And he I started calling him Porchman Paul, and he yeah. moved in. And uh, they're actually our great friends. We have dinner with them about twice a week. That's so and funny. He literally, when I first met him, he was just sitting on the porch all the time, and I was like, so the story through. It's a funny song, and it's got some. I like to call them clever lyrics, but. There's a message there, man. Yeah. And it's oh like, yeah. You know, some people really do their goal in life is to uh, have a big house or have a nice boat, and that's all great. Yeah. But some folks like me, and I've learned it from watching this guy. Is like, I will be happy if I just get to sit on my porch all me day. Too. My wife's happy. Yeah. You know, my family's healthy. I'm taking care of what I need to take care of. Because then you know you can sit on the porch. Yeah. To have the time. <laughs> To do that, like that's why I right. get up early so I can sit on that porch yep. and just watch the world go by sometimes. And, you know, I'll look at my phone and I'm like, get away from that phone, try yeah. to like just sit there and be is mm-hmm. is great. And that's what I loved about that song too. And I think the the lyrics were extremely clever. So <laughs> I, I, I liked it too. But I still was like, he's talking about me. This guy knows me. <laughs> when we recorded that song in the studio for this record coming up, um, one of the ladies involved with the project with the record company, she was sitting there and I had played the song a while back for, and, uh, I like to kind of just watch people when I'm, uh-huh. you know, whether it's playing or hearing one of the songs and we were in the studio to cut it and she's sitting there smiling. I said, so what do you think about this song now? And she goes, 
when when I first heard it, I thought you were either insane or brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's right. like because who, who writes songs about a porch man these days? Yeah. And I, again, I just so going back to I guess what brought this on is writing songs about experiences are just so much easier. Yeah, for me I to bet. Do, you know? I bet. Yeah, I mean, you could take them in in their own artistic way, mm. right? Like, here's the idea, and now let me put layers of imagination into that. Right. But it's still something you saw, even if you walked by and just saw that porch guy, and you're like, "There's a lot of porch guys here," yeah. you know. And then you did that. A good example of, of kind of how that works. There's three songs on, three or four songs on this coming record that. I didn't write. Uh-huh. Uh, Rob, one of my producers, wrote them, and uh, one other guy wrote the other one. So I ha- I loved the songs when they were played for me, and I was like, man, I really love these songs. And I thought mainly because I felt they applied to my life. Right. I was like, man, these these will be easy. Yeah. Then I go in to record them, and I we really had to, and, and especially playing them live, it's surprising how hard that still is to. It didn't come from you, live, right? Wow. To, to live a song that, and that's the beauty. And you know, when this record comes out, I hope I hope you will agree. It's like getting being able to do that has been something I've had to learn, but it's been like a good process of yeah. being able to get in that. I didn't write these words, but I know I know this feeling, and I would have written something like this. Yeah, you know what I mean. I would. This is this is what I want to say. Yeah. So getting into that mode, it was it was a learning experience for me, and I I'm bet. really excited about. It was a whole other way to do it mm. that I now embrace fully. You yeah, know, and I bet you fits. another layer on top of that, if it's this beautiful song about this sister that you had and you never had a sister and now you have to sing that that gets into like okay i am developing this acting skill of performing because those actors are like getting out there and crying and all these Mm -hmm. things and you you have to be believable right you know i mean you have to believe that so i'm sure being around those other mentors like you know your fellows that you're around will be like here's what i do or here's how i think about that yeah Lee, lee has been very helpful and rob um, have and uh, three producers, my Alicia, three guys, they um have really been helpful in helping me do that. You know, yeah. like realizing this is a this song is you got to well, now. Sometimes it might even be my song. Yeah, and when you're recording in the studio, you have a song called Adeline or Take Porchman. Uh-huh. Doing that in the studio when you're by yourself in this room, yeah. It's you know it's hard to get to that place sometimes. I bet. And I bet singing through it. You know, say porch man. I sang through a couple times, and they would. Lee's really good at talking to me, and you know we've known each other forever, and he can really get me in a mode. Yeah. Of because you know he'll tell me, all right, Nick, go back to that place. Yeah. You're sitting on the porch. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's a crazy process, man. It's there's some mental mind blowing that's going I on bet. when you're. And then you'll switch to the next song as a love yeah. song. You're like, yeah. Wait a minute, but I bet that also speaks a lot about him as a producer, right? Because if you're in there, and I could just imagine you're in there, you're in that booth, all the other music's been recorded, so it's just you. And he's like, somebody is like, uh, Nick, why don't you just take that again from the top? And that's it. And you're just like, <laughs> all right, I, no, no, why don't you just start from or the middle now? And yep. you're like, how am I supposed to do exactly. this? And now like 45 takes, which I'm sure it wouldn't take that long, but maybe at the beginning, who knows? Right. However many takes later, they're like, okay, we're going to run this again from the top one yep. more time. And you're like, are you kidding me with this? No. And now we're going to the love song about your wife. And you're just right. like, I want to get out of here. I want to <laughs> yeah. see my wife. Now play it. That you just explained the past month of my life. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I feel your pain. And, and listen, there's a reason why, um, 
it's so super hard, even when you're talented, to get to where you're at because I couldn't do it. That's why I don't do it. And I'm, I have self-awareness of that. Just like, like I mentioned, I have theater friends who I'm like, how are you going to go on to stage for 180 days out of the year mm. and say that same crap yeah. every single, sometimes two a days. And I can understand that like with musicians who've been in the game 30 years. Some folks here do it. I mean, like Joel. Yeah. He, he'll do two four-hour gigs in a day. Yeah. It's like, he, Joel's been doing this since he was like 14 years old. I know. You know? I know. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. You got to sit there and just sometimes just go into like push play mode, especially at a, a small venue like that where you're like, I'm working. Right. Like I've gotten behind a computer and worked and I'm like, wow, it's like 10 hours have gone by and you just kind of fall into what you're good at doing instead of utilizing all that energy or you got to be burned out. Right. So, Um, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes, you know, (laughs) you could say a song about my wife and we could have maybe we just got upset with each other or something and I got to go out on stage and perform this. There are those. Yeah. Yeah. There are those moments that you you. It's not acting. I wouldn't call it that, but it's it's you know knowing that this is the song you got to yeah. do it. <laughs> I think you just dig into that, like what Lee was saying that time. It's like remember that time. Mm-hmm. Be back there. There you go. So like be back there when you wrote this for your wife, and then you're like, oh, which would be good because when it's over, you're like, oh, honey, because you've like it's already. Yeah. Out. But she has it. But you're so, like all so settled. You just explain the power of, or or the feeling of me when I finish a song mm. whether it's love or something i get to go all right i've dealt with this yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and then i can present it to somebody whether yeah. they like it or not cool. i've dealt with this part of my life so cool. good or bad yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah tell me now um tell me something that you love to do in songwriting or playing or anything that people wouldn't expect that you like to do now that could be like I don't know why, but I love breaking down gear, which I know no musician likes to do. But no, anything. I definitely don't like that. <laughs> I don't like I, breaking down this podcast stuff. And this is nothing. I'm kind of made fun of around town because when it comes to gear, I travel with uh, one speaker that I sit on yeah. and plug it in. Right. So it's I easy. don't like lugging gear no. in in my uh, in my trike. But um, one thing I I love to do, man, I'm a homebody, mm-hmm. and I love to. Uh, my wife and I just. Uh, Bought a house a couple months ago, so getting Congrats. to work on that. Yeah. I, it's got a nice, beautiful yard. So I like to find something to do around there, yeah. you know. And even when we we moved from Stump Lane last year or a couple few months ago, it's been feels like forever now. I just like to do stuff, uh, some woodwork. I yeah. like to, you know, stuff like that. I I like to try to get a, as far away from playing guitar and singing yeah. when I'm not trying to focus on it so the ideas will come fresh. Of course, you know? of course. Um, I. Uh, That's great. No, I mean, that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me because there's other musicians that I've interviewed before and they're songwriters and they're like, well, I'm on the road performing 300 days out of the year, but one month out of the year, I go to this non-secluded place or secluded place with no internet, no nothing. And by day three of like wandering in the woods, being so bored out of my mind, then my my mind's like, I'm so bored Mm. that now the creativity sparks. So I agree. Like I'm so similar to that, that when I'm developing things or doing something that's very creative, I like to work with my hands Mm -hmm. in the dirt, building something, which is creative too, but it's on a totally different spectrum brain wise. And Mm. it's like DNA wise as like, 
like me man me build that it like it's helps that out. of accomplishment yeah <laughs> you know it's like you know like i'm i'm finishing some teak chairs and yeah. a table right now and i know when that project's done i get to look at it and it's done yeah. you know and it has nothing to do with yeah. the song that i'm trying to that's mentally driving me nuts yeah <laughs> no know? i get it i get it so tell me we're we're coming to the end here mm-hmm. so <laughs> um what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind Besides your music, because that's always the best legacy for a musician, mm. that your songs are out there. I want, and I know this probably sounds cliche, but it, it's, we could get into my backstory maybe more on another sure. thing, but uh, I I want to be the best husband and the best, mainly the best father that, mm. uh, like I, I want, when my wife, when my uh, daughter moves out at Hopefully she doesn't till she's like fifty or so. <laughs> um, when she she moves, move on the property, right? right? Yeah. Or when I pass away, whatever the yeah. question is, I I want her to go. You know, he was a great dad. Yeah. That, that's and I. It's funny that that's the thing I want to know because I mean I I know I will be, but yeah, something I'll never get to. <laughs> Hopefully, Here. it's my legacy. Yeah. <laughs> Here, yeah, right. I'm sure. I'm just having that thought will help create that for mm-hmm. sure because that means you're putting the needs of her hers over yours. Absolutely, you know, especially in this business. Okay, last question, which is give us a tip of the day. It could be philosophical. It could be a new hat you're wearing. It could be a new tattoo you're gonna get. It could be a new app you're playing with. Or, or hey, listen, Disney Plus just came out today, so maybe you're ready oh, to dig into go. that. Oh man, I didn't know that. My daughter's gonna be very. Oh happy. my god, yeah, I bought that a while ago for the year subscription, just so people don't know. I'm not getting any money here from Disney Plus, but because they own Marvel, you have all the Marvels right. plus all new Marvel shows that they're putting out, like series, like Netflix, all the Pixar, killer, all the Disney. Like my kids coming home from school today at three, and it's gonna be on. But like, you do that homework. I got to do that, and then we go binge watch on. <laughs> I got to get it today. Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, here's my tip of the day. Sure. I'll come off of um, off Disney a little bit. We're sure. talking about Let's Disney. Do it. One of my favorite. Um, You're ready for Frozen Two, right? I'm ready. <laughs> um, you have my, a daughter, so it's okay. None <laughs> of the boys can pick on you because of that. It's a good movie, man. <laughs> um, one of my. <laughs> now I forgot the question. <laughs> it was tip of the day. Tip so of the day. Roger Miller. It, I don't know if you're ever familiar with the artist. He's from the late '60s, early '70s. Mm-hmm. Singer songwriter. My buddy Rob, that's producing my record, got me turned on to him. And the way I got turned on to him is my favorite movie as a kid when I was sick was Robin Hood, the cartoon, yes. the Disney one. The with the Fox. Yes. Yes. So and this was not four months ago that I got turned on to Roger Miller because we're riding in Rob's truck and he goes, he's played all of a sudden the song from um, Robin Hood comes on. Uh, Robin Hood and Little John walking yeah. through the forest. I mean, didn't bother what the other had to say. I was like, that's one of my favorite song from my favorite movies. And he goes, yeah, this is Roger Miller playing. And I started to listen to all his other stuff. And, you know, he's he also wrote um, Trailer for Sailor Rent. Yeah. And he's seen. So there's my tip of the day. Check out some Roger Miller. I love it. It's the best. That's a great way to end. <laughs> Listen, Nick, I really appreciate you taking the time. It means a lot. Um, I know there's a lot of little insight here that anybody will learn from, so I really appreciate it. Thank you for the time, man, and I hope someone does. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Hi, everyone. One last thing before you go. If you can, please leave a comment and rate the podcast in any of the apps that you listen to us in. It'll mean the world to us. That's it. Have a great day. Bye.